back in here. Segment number three. It is our jobbing out WrestleMania extravaganza. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and... The main event. Now, here's the thing. He's about, not the main event yeah. right now. Yeah, right now I'm not. I shouldn't even have done that gimmick. Yeah, here's the thing about that is uh, you are barely a mid-carder at this point. Yeah, with who we got right now. Because uh, I'm going to let you do the honors for this one uh, because I know this is someone you've befriended of late, and it is truly a thrill. Yes, um, at this moment, uh, as a member of the Jobbing Out staff, I guess we could say that. Yeah, sure. Uh, you did all the booking is, this week. It, I know, I did yeah. all the booking. Uh, it's, it is an honor for me to bring on our show, my favorite guest we've ever had. Correct. He is the excellence of execution. The he, best there is. The best there is, yeah. the best there was, and the best there ever will be. By the way... I don't know how you came up with both of those, but those are fantastic. <laughs> both of those are just fantastic. He is Brett the Hitman Hart. Wow. Brett, thank you for yeah. joining us. Well, it's good to be on the show, and uh, you know, me and AJ have become good friends. And uh, you know, I had no idea that AJ when I AJ when I first met him was such a big uh, wrestling fan, but you know, he's a he's got a real passion for it. And he, it's the kind of thing we can talk all day about wrestling. We got a lot of. We go back a lot of years, even though we just met a few months ago. We go back a long time. Yeah, I am so jealous. Of <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You mean you didn't realize how big of a wrestling fan he was when he probably practically fainted in your presence? <laughs> <laughs> it was close. But I will admit, when I first walked in the room, because what happened was uh, I was texting Paul, who's his buddy that works with him, and um, Paul was like, oh, we're in the other room because we were waiting to get out of the meeting. And I got in, and when I got in, I remember – Brett was sitting at the far end of the table, and I, my legs a little bit just locked up for a second. I was like, "All right, let me act cool." And then, <laughs> and I, I told them to follow me to the to the dining room where we all hung out for a little while. And Brett got to talk to Coach Carroll and Russell, and a, a lot of guys came up and asked to take pictures. It was a it was an awesome night. I got to sit down and talk to Brett Hart God. about wrestling for like three hours. It was uh, fantastic. And now you're friends. Yeah. And now, man, that is cool. Um, Brett, before we start talking about wrestling, obviously, um, you know, we, we, we want to make sure we talk about uh, your health and everything that you've been going through of late. Um, and if you can just give us an update, because there are so many people around the world that have been just rooting like hell for you and praying like hell for you. Well, it must be working, because I'm, I'm thinking I'm on the other side of things now. I'm, I've That's had awesome. A, I've had a real good recovery from the cancer, and I think... I think the cancer is gone. Like I, I, you know, you never know what cancer. Like when you can safely say oh, I, I beat it, you know, is you never really know. I got to be sort of monitored and watched for the next ten years, and get, get my blood checked every three months. And, but for all intents and purposes, uh, you know, I had prostate cancer, and uh, the cancer was in the prostate, and they they removed my prostate, and uh, you know, it was I've been pretty much. Um, um, I had no, um, I've had no uh, problems, or you know, I know a lot of people can go through prostate cancer, and there's a lot of, a lot of bumps in the road as far as uh, you know your recovery, just all the little things that can go wrong. But I, I think um, I was lucky in the sense that I got it really early. I was uh, very proactive in getting my blood work done, which I can, to anybody listening, I can always stress how important it is to. Get your PSA levels checked, and uh, especially if you're over 40, anywhere from 40 to, to, to 60 or even further. I mean, you just always get your – anytime after 40, you should get your blood levels checked all the time. And uh, 
you know, the thing about that I was lucky is that I caught it early, moved on it early. They did some surgery. They took it out. And I should be pretty much, uh, I can live to be a hundred now. And oh, I should yeah. hopefully, Hell yeah. uh, hopefully, uh, have a good, uh, recovery from here on in. And, uh, I can hopefully add to my notch of victories on my belt that I beat cancer to. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's, God. That's, that's fantastic. Nothing else matters, thing. right? Yeah, like, like, I'm just seriously. How do you even talk it? Like, that, that is just the greatest possible thing. What, you know, what have you learned most from, from going through this, Brett? Because there's a lot of people, I think publicly right now, Craig Sager, um, fighting a very public battle with cancer. What have you learned most about yourself, about your spirit from going through something like this? Well, I think you'd never be afraid to face the, uh, the truth. Uh, you, you face your fears head on, you know. Amen. Uh, I had a lot of fears about uh, where I was going to be and what I was going to go through. I didn't tell anybody for a long time. I probably, even when I saw AJ, I knew that I was had this surgery coming up. Wow. I, uh, I had just had, uh, when I saw AJ, I had some really serious surgery done on my wrist. Yeah. So actually giving me more problems than the other. But um, I didn't want to... You know, I kept, I found out probably going back as far as June that I was going to have to have this surgery in the, in the new year, early new year. And, uh, you know, you dread it. You keep trying to figure out ways to kind of sidestep or, you know, maybe someone will come up with a cure in the next day or two or something. You know, yeah. I kind of had a lot of, uh, you know, dark thoughts about where I was going to end up and what was going to happen and whether, you know, whether it would kill me, you know. And, uh, you know, I just worried a lot about it and, but I had uh, good doctors, and I remember my doctor told me, said, you know, you need to get in as good a health as you can, like really uh, get your cardio up, get your condition, you know, try to get in as good a shape as you can so that when you go through this, you'll be strong and you'll get through it, and, uh, and, and you'll be stronger as you go through it. And uh, I did all that. I followed his advice, and uh, I've had two knee replacements, and it's hard for me to push myself as hard as I you know, could back in my younger days, but I mean, like I really uh, followed his advice and listened to everything he told me to do, which uh, again is important to do when you're dealing with something like this. You got to follow what the doctors tell you to do, and you know, I was on top of it and I went into that surgery, and I, I can say with a lot of satisfaction that I think I kicked its ass. Hell I'm yeah! I'm really strong. I I um, felt pretty good. And, uh, I had no uh, complications. You know, a lot of guys have complications, you know, with the urinary tract and everything else. And uh, I can say that I, know I didn't have, uh, that I know of any real big complications. And uh, I feel, uh, I feel vindicated. I feel like I uh, won a big battle and, uh, you know, just on to the next one now. So Yeah. Uh, like, I can speak for every wrestling fan in the world when I say that is just fantastic news. And that that is just, that's what we all were praying for you that would happen because I mean, I know you saw what Madison square garden did when they put your picture up there saying that they were praying for you and that every, I feel like all the positive vibes in the world went towards Calgary at the moment when we found out. And I'm just so glad that that's the way it turned out. But, um, you know, segueing into, you know, this is the WrestleMania edition of jobbing out and we have an actual, WrestleMania main eventer <laughs> on the show with us. One question that I didn't ask you when we met in Baltimore, and I haven't asked you since, but I've always wanted to know, how did Vince tell you 
the ending of WrestleMania 9 was going to work out. How did he break that down for you about how, oh, well, Yokozuna's going to be in there, and then we're going to bring Hogan out, and then Hogan's going to actually leave with the belt? Like, how was that whole process when you found that out? Well, you know, um, it was, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of things I learned in that whole process. Like, when I won the title, um, Vince told me, um, he goes, we're going to keep the belt on you for a long time. We're not changing anything. We're going to go and we're going to, you're going to, it's going to take a little while, but we're going to get you over and don't lose faith in anything. He goes, the, you just keep doing the wrestling. The rest is up to me. He's all, I will, I will get you over so strong and, uh, all that, that won't be the problem. Uh, so don't worry about anything, but we're going to keep the title on you for a long time and you don't have to worry about your position or anything like that. So I had a false sense of security. I thought, oh, I'm good for, for a long time. You know, I'm going to pay my house off. I'm going to, I was kind of feeling like, uh, this is just the beginning. And so when, uh, I got to WrestleMania, which was only three months later, after I won the title, and uh, <clears throat> I think, well, maybe five months later, I think, um, when Vince dropped that bomb on me, I, I didn't see it coming, and it floored me. I only found out the day before, or the night before. He said, this is what we're going to do. And he was trying to sound like I was really excited about it. Like, this is <laughs> I, like, wilted. Like, I, I was like, so we might as well cut my heart out and throw it on the floor. And I was like, really? And I remember I said to him, I said, is that because I, I didn't do a good enough job or I failed his, uh, he goes, no, no, we just had a change of plans and we're going to go a new direction and, you know, it's not going to change much. Things won't change for you. You're going to still fly first class. I remember I asked him, I said, am I still fly first class? <laughs> I, champion, uh, I flew first class. Like the first time I, all those years of wrestling, I've been there, um, I don't know how many years then, but I've been there a long time. Eight nine years of flying and coach, and I remember it was like I got upgraded to first class, and was up. And I gave my brother Owen all my first class coupons and stuff like that. <laughs> I asked him, and he goes, said to me, very clever. He said, uh, "You always fly first class as long as I can afford it." <laughs> well, he apparently could afford it for about three days. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I never, I never saw it coming. I would felt, I felt uh, broadsided by uh, Vince. What I really think was going on at the time was that um, Hogan was uh, making overtures to go to Ted Turner and WCW, and Vince uh, started a panic and didn't want him to go. And so, in Hogan basically said, "Okay, well then I want the belt, and I want this, and I want that." Vince um, kind of buckled and double-click, double-crossed me, and just uh, threw me, fed me to the dogs, and uh, gave the belt to Hogan. And uh, <clears throat> Hogan stayed for for temporary. I was told when Hogan came into the territory, which was in the fall of that year. You know, a few months before, Vince had told me, he goes, don't worry about Hogan. He's got nothing to do with anything. And, uh, don't, don't, don't worry about him because he's just here to promote a movie. He's doing a movie and, uh, we're going to put him in a tag match at uh, WrestleMania. And so Hogan was sort of a non-factor. He, he, and Hogan, funny enough, was a, a good friend of mine right up until that, uh, you know, WrestleMania 8 or whatever it was, I think, in, uh, in uh, Indianapolis where I wrestled Piper. That was kind of when he he stepped back after that. and uh, That was in 92, and that opened the door for me to uh, 
wrestled Bulldog at SummerSlam, and then I won the title a few weeks later. But I never saw Hogan. He was out of the picture. That was when the steroid uh, scandal had broke. And mm-hmm. Any of the wrestlers that were on steroids uh, either got fired or and Hogan just stepped back and uh, sort of bowed out because he knew that uh, the drug testing was real and that uh, he, you know, he wasn't going to be around for it. And until he, I guess, he may have come back clean, I think. I don't know. I assume he did. But uh, I was told not to worry about Hogan. And Hogan, when he came back, I was thought, you know, he'll be really happy to see me as champion because he's always been around me. I've known Hogan <laughs> since I started. And I met him when he had his first matches. In fact, I gave Hogan some of his first matches. And I always thought, you know, he respected me as a worker. And, um, you know, that when he saw me, he'd shake my hand and say, I'm glad they put the belt on you and that, you know, you're always a hard-working guy. And I, I, I thought he would be proud. He, he was not a big fan of Warrior, and I knew that. <laughs> Um, but I thought, you know, Warrior kind of had it handed it to, handed to him. And uh, in my case, I thought I earned it. And I thought Hogan would uh, be very supportive of me. But when I did see Hogan, he completely blew me off. He never talked to me for the whole time he was wow. there. He hardly said a word to me. So when Vince dropped the bomb on me at WrestleMania, that uh, you're dropping the belt to Yoko, and then you're going to go out and you're going to cheer Hulk Hogan on to win your belt and defeat Yoko in a... Uh, if you really look, think about it, it was pretty ridiculous sort of um, yeah. circumstances. And I remember I did it all. You know, I had no problem doing it. I didn't do what they asked me to do. But I, I remember Hogan was only my friend that day. He suddenly was my friend in the dressing room, and he was telling me uh, how much he, you know, that he appreciated what I was doing for him that day, and that uh, I can remember him looking at me and going, "He goes, one of these days I'll be, I'm gonna be happy to return the favor to you." <laughs> I looked at him and I said, uh, I looked him right in the eye and I said, I'm going to remember that. <laughs> and, we uh, know how it turned you know, out. Yeah. Has it come yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it never happened. Uh, you know, anyway, I. You know, I, he's I, got I, a windfall yeah. of cash. Maybe, you know, he could. He could donate some to the Bret Hart Foundation as a as a favor or something like that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. For sure. Well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I have a better chance winning the lottery. So I, I got to imagine those uh, those words that Vince said, all those uh, the the uh, flights on coach, probably going through your head uh, right before WrestleMania 26. Then uh, a lot of it, sure. You know, um, you know, I, I uh, you know I've I've patched things up with Vince now and. I think there's sort of a mutual respect. I think he's got to respect that I was the only guy that knocked him out. You know, I was the only one that ever stood up and said, fuck you. <laughs> you know, you lie to me and you say this, you say that. You know, there's a consequence eventually. Where, you know, I always think that, you know, like people talk about the screw job and what I should have done and what should have happened and how I should have conducted myself. You know, they can all go to hell. And, you know, the only one that was walking around in Bret Hart's shoes that day was Bret Hart. Uh, mm-hmm. I had to think pretty fast. I had a bunch, a lot of guys scheming to destroy me and tear me down. And, uh, you know, and in a lot of ways they tried to do that. And I don't know that they achieved, but I mean, they, they, they were out, you know, whether it was Triple H, Sean, uh, Vince, uh, Jerry Briscoe, and all these guys that sort of planned this little plan to, to, to tear me down and ruin me uh, in Canada that week. I mean, it all backfired. There was a documentary crew that caught the truth and exposed the truth. And, you know, the, the real the real truth of it, and uh, I, I, I say this just because it, it kind of came up, but, you know, they, Vince McMahon 
after they screwed me, and I walked back to the dressing room. You know, there's no cameras on anymore, even though there's a documentary crew, and I'm going, well, they don't even know what the hell they're filming. Like, they don't even know what happened either, you know, and I don't know what they filmed, and I don't know what kind of story they got. I didn't, I didn't to be honest, didn't care at the time. But I was really mad. You know, there's, you watch me walking in, and I'm, I'm so mad. I had a bunch of Japanese reporters walking with me, asking me questions about what ha- happened, and I'm just steaming mad. But I remember I was so mad, and then I just calmed down. And AJ maybe can relate to it, but there's a point where it's like, it's over. It's done. You know, there's nothing I can do about it. Whatever's in the, whatever was filmed, the cameras have all been turned off, and it's it's over. Whatever happened in the ring just now is, it's done, and I yeah. can never, I can never do anything to change it. And so I calmed right down. I actually was trying to kick in Vince's door. I hit it with my shoulder to see if I could get it open. It was a solid. You know, four knocks and trying to get into that dressing room door. It was steel braced. And I just remember I hit it one time with my shoulder and then I calmed down. I just <laughs> said, That's it. It's over. It's done. And I completely calmed down and I was very calm. Even when I saw Sean in the dressing room after he pretended he didn't have anything to do with it, he was, he was quite terrified. And the wrestlers, I can remember in particular Undertaker kicking things over and throwing you know, there was wrestlers outside the dressing room that were going to have a riot. There was so many angry wrestlers because I was really respected by everybody. And, uh, they felt just about as violated as I had felt. And uh, there was a real tension. I remember Undertaker slamming the door and goes, I'm going to go down and find out from Vince why he just did that because he's got some explaining to do. And he too goes, I'm going to bring Vince down here and he's going to explain everything to, to you and me at the same time. And, uh, he went down and he, I basically, I think he went down, knocked on Vince's door and, uh, ordered Vince to come down and explain himself. And in those few seconds that all that was happening, Vince, I think, thought, you know, I'm going to confront, I'm going to go down and I'm going to confront Brett in front of everybody and I'm going to back him down. Or we're going to get into a little, little, it might get into a physical confrontation. But I think Vince thought, you know, what's going to happen here is that there'll be a little physical confrontation. All the wrestlers and his, you know, his sort of um, cronies that were around him at the time that were sort of uh, watching his back, like Jerry Briscoe, his kid Shane was there, uh, Sergeant Slaughter was there, and I'm good friends with Sergeant Slaughter. He's one of the few guys that remembers that whole night that's left alive. But anyway, there was a lot of guys that were, you know, it's like they're all going to jump in. I almost sort of could have told you ahead of time, it's, it's ridiculous for me if Vince McMahon to actually get into a physical fight about this. And I didn't want anything to happen. I was done. I was shower, started to take a shower. <clears throat> but uh, Vince thought, here's my opportunity to stand Brett and back him down in front of everybody in the dressing room and, uh, and show power, show strength, and show him that I'm not afraid to, to make decisions that uh, are not popular and I do what's right for the company and whatever his position was. And so the next thing you know, Vince does come down to the dressing room. And uh, I can remember Rick Rude and Davy Boy running into the shower. They're almost like excited, like little kids, telling me that Vince is waiting for me. Vince is waiting <laughs> for me. You know? you know, I remember going, tell Vince just to leave here because it's not, not a good situation. And somebody's just going to get hurt, you know, and it's not going to be me. And uh, <laughs> he should just go. But, you know, Vince was thinking, you know, this is going to work. This is going to work out good. I'm going to stand him down. And even if Brett comes at me. We're going to end up like in one of those little pull-aparts like you see in wrestling with, uh, you know, a bunch of guys pulling you by the arms and 
pulling you apart and Vince is maybe yelling at me and I'm yelling at him and then we both sit down and it's like that's the end of it and you know I knew that I said this is just going to be end up being a pull apart nobody's going to get it I'm not going to actually get anything accomplished out of uh, fighting Vince if anything he's going to look strong for standing up to me and uh, you know that all ended up backfiring I remember I came out of the dressing room and uh, or out of the shower and saw Vince stand there and I was I always remember this. I started laughing at myself because I thought, I felt like just, because I was stark naked. I had no towel. <laughs> the bulldog used to always steal my, my towel out of my bag because he was on before me and he stole my towel again and I had no towel. So I ended up picking one off the floor. And I just remember it would have made for a pretty, like if they ever do a movie on any of that kind of stuff, it looked pretty funny for me to be attacking me. <laughs> you know? But, uh, I walked past him and I said to Vince, I said, you know, well, you know, I, I told him that if he didn't leave the dressing room, that he, he was going to get, I was going to knock him out. Uh, it's funny that I said I'm going to knock you out. I didn't say I'm going to punch you out or I'm going to, you know, I just said I'm, if you keep, if you don't leave now, I said you're going to get knocked out. And uh, he um, stayed in and kept trying to make his case that he had to do what he had to do and that uh, this had all worked out for the best and uh, I'm going somewhere else and he's. That was one of his lines. He said, uh, I've never had to lie to one of my talent ever before. And I'm thinking, you piece of shit. <laughs> I, I think I said that to him. I said, you lied to me. I named rattled off about 30 lies that he told me just that week. And uh, it was a very heated uh, um, situation. But um, I remember I sat down in the crossroom in the dressing room. And if you can visualize all this, we're in the dressing room. He's on the opposite side. And he's got Sergeant Slaughter, um, Jerry Briscoe, his son Shane. I'm not sure if uh, there was a couple more agents there, but he had about five or six people sort of on it, watching his back. And uh, I had, to my left, I had Rick Rude, Owen was in the corner, uh, Davey Boy, um, Lightheart. And to my right, I had Shawn Michaels and to and I had Undertaker sitting there in between us. And I remember I sat down with a towel across my knees, and I started to get dressed, and then I put my underwear on, and I put my pants on, and I started to put my shoes on. And I realized when I put my shoes on that this is, you know, and as Jim Ross would say, it's nut cut time. You know, it's like uh, I got one more shoe to put on. I'm not going to put a shirt on because I know there's going to be a pull apart. So at least uh, they won't be able to grab my shirt and cut me <laughs> off. And, so I remember tying my shoelace, and I stood up, and I looked at Vince, and I said, I said, I, so I guess this is it. Like, it's, we're going to actually fight here in the dressing room. Uh, I remember I picked my knee brace up and uh, for a second because I was that mad. I was pretty mad about what happened. But I remember I picked it up, and I looked at it and looked at Vince, and then I said, I don't need this, and I threw it back on my bag, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> but... Uh, um, anyway, so we, we came towards each other, and that's the thing is that Vince definitely came towards me. You know, like we came like two wrestlers that are going to tie up in the middle of a little dressing room. And, you know, and I think he had it all figured out. All the wrestlers are, everybody's just getting ready to pounce on both of us, and it's going to look great for him. They're going to pull us apart. He's going to be tell me, you son of a bitch, and, you know, he's going to look pretty tough and stood up to me, and I'll be let off a bunch of steam and all everyone will think, oh, I got, got off all my steam too. And good for these guys to kind of let it out. And I remember thinking, that's not going to happen here. You know, and I, 
we locked up like two wrestlers in a wrestling match. Um, I put my left hand on his uh, right shoulder and vice versa. And I remember gripping his, uh, he had padded shoulder pads in his uh, suit jacket. Because 90s. <laughs> yeah, and I I, uh, I grabbed onto that with all my might, my left hand, and I remember I was I was going to swing a right punch overhand, and uh, it would probably he would have hooked it himself, or would have wouldn't have really done much damage. And after that first punch was thrown, everyone would have jumped on top of all of us, and it would have been over. But I instead uh, decided that nobody was going to grab my arm, so I sort of dropped my shoulder, my right shoulder, and. Uh, Lord, my fist almost to my foot. And, uh, I came up between our two arms, right between us. <laughs> an uppercut. An uppercut. That was a rocket launcher, man. I hit everything <laughs> I had. And it was like, it was like, I remember thinking this is 14 years of all the bullshit and all the lies and all the hard work and all the injuries that I taped up and all the days that I wrestled sick and all the Christmases I was away from my kids and all the, all the sacrifices that I've made for this guy and this company, and you can do that to me and you just humiliate me uh, and lie to me and, uh, and betray me as, and try to do it as as, as uh, harshly as possible. They want to really make an example of me that day and show that you know you don't fuck around with management. You don't. And you know I, I came up between our arms and I knocked Vince out complete. I lifted him off the ground with my punch. Popped him in the air. That's why he, uh, when you watch that wrestling with shadows, he, he limps out of the dressing rooms because he actually rolled his ankle from, uh, coming back landing. down. Jesus. And, uh, I broke two bones in my, my hand, um, uh, and just blew my left knuckle and, uh, knocked him out cold. He was completely flat on his back, one punch. And then everybody jumped in, just like I thought. Everyone pulled me off, and you know, everyone. Vince was out cold, like just flat as with his legs parted, like spread apart. He was like a big star on the ground. <laughs> uh, his arms are wide apart. He was just out cold. I remember I sat down there. I was like in shock. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I got it. I got one shot, and uh, he just <laughs> paid the price. So many people yeah. were probably right. were like, "Yeah, Brett, good shit." Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I remember Jimmy Snook. I met him years later, and I remember he came up to me. Uh, and Jimmy was an old pro and an old guy I had a lot of respect for. But he came up to me and he goes, "Brother, I just want to shake your hand because you're the only guy that ever, the only guy that ever got to do what everybody talked about doing or wanted to do, but never had the guts to do." Uh, wow. And it's true, you know. I always remember going, "Yeah." You know, I did that for everybody, and uh, <laughs> I've always had people second guess me today and talk about how I marked out and believe my own publicity and forgot who did me, who made me, and blah 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 blah. You know, but it, you know, I I've never had any regrets. I always um, I stand by it. I'm I think the fact that I have a good relationship with Vince today, I think says that he respects what I did too, and that. Uh, I had every right to do that. I think uh, the real reality of it is, is what they did to me that day is no way to do business. It's um, it's uh, goes against the grain. Everything that uh, they were doing to me, you know, is not the kind of thing you should ever do to another wrestler. I think they're much more um, professional now. Yeah. If you look at what happened with CM Punk, you know, they bent over backwards to try to 
accommodate him and try to smooth things over and you know they didn't try any screw jobs or anything like that on him and uh you know he just stood his ground he he listened to all the same things that they they told me like because they really gave me a lot of bullshit for a long time about things like my contract and how they were trying to squeeze me out and all these things but they were very underhanded with triple h uh i'm sorry with uh cm punk they tried the to do it above board, like, okay, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to do this, but you're still not going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. And, you know, I, I think um, a lot of what they, the tactics or things they tried to do to to um, Punk, he didn't bite the hook. He didn't buy into what they were trying to sell him on. And, uh, you know, it, it, um, there was a guy, that's what I kind of love about Punk, is that he stood his ground and, took a position and uh, and followed through on it, and they couldn't do a damn thing about it. But they couldn't screw him, and they couldn't do anything about it. And I think it took Bret Hart to go through everything that he went through for someone like Punk to to be leery and aware of the pitfalls that these guys are actually trying to lay for you and how they're trying to bring you down and, uh, and ruin you if they can. That's interesting, uh, Brett, and we're talking to Brett Hart here on Jobbing Out. I-, I wanted to bring that up. You know, your name comes up. Wrestling fans say all the time, hey, if Brett Hart can patch things up with the WWE, then insert name here can. And you bring up CM Punk, and I wanted to ask you, and you also brought up Hulk Hogan, who was the other one I wanted to ask you. As someone who did ultimately end up coming back, can you envision... Guys like CM Punk, in very different circumstance this time around, a guy like Hulk Hogan ending up back in WWE's good graces before it's all said and done. Um, I don't think Punk, I don't see him coming back ever. I think he washed his hands of it. Um, um, he just seems like a very prideful guy that's just more stubborn. I was a pretty stubborn guy myself. I, mean, I think he's Maybe if he made enough money and uh, has all this pride and, um, and sort of how he stood stood up for himself, and he, I, I just don't see him ever going back. Punk was uh, different than me. I grew up in the business. Wrestling was my whole life, not just part of it. Uh, it was everything. It was tied in with family, and uh, you know, in a lot of ways, then the reality of it for me was that as harsh as uh, everything was that they did to me that day. And I think Triple H had a lot to do with, you know, um, that whole screw job of why they screwed me and all. It was all sort of put into motion by him. And Vince went along with it. But I, I think that, um, and I know Vince makes the final call, and Vince is on the answers to that kind of stuff. But it was it was a poor decision to make that they that they did it that way because it didn't, it didn't have to go down like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But in saying all that, I mean, I, I wouldn't be talking to you now on the phone if it wasn't for all the good things Vince McMahon did do for me. He gave yeah. me a chance to be sure. the champion. He made my dreams come true. He, you know, I was a kid that dreamed about being world champion wrestler when I was five, six years old. And, uh, thought about that so many times in my lifetime and uh, to end up someday being the champion and for him to put all that uh, responsibility and trust in me uh, you know I, I appreciated all of that and, and always will you know there'll always be a despite all the things that have happened and whatever lies they told me and whatever lies they tell me down the road I mean I always I always have a certain 
affection or fondness for Vince and what I would guess would call the good old days. And, you know, it means a lot to me to, um, like even when I had this uh, cancer scare, I called Vince up and uh, told him about it. And he was very um, comforting and gave me a lot of advice. And he was a real, uh, a real friend to me through that, uh, you know, that, that period. So, I mean, there's, there's tensions, always probably going to be tensions, probably even with Triple H and the company and mm-hmm. Vince in some ways over what they did. Sometimes I can wake up with my fist clenched, you know, and <laughs> want another shot at a couple of them. But, you know, in the end, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, I appreciate what he has done. And that with Punk, I certainly respect what he did. And, uh, you know, he was right. I think he was right. There's a lot of wrestling, young wrestlers that uh, don't like Punk today because that he, they think he uh, acted a little too spoiled and uh, should have been more grateful for them, what they gave him. But I don't think so. I think he he gave everything he could to the business and the company. And uh, you know, when they, you know, it's a little bit of my issue with WrestleMania this year. Is it seems like um, it's not fair that all the wrestlers that are on the road doing the work and pulling the wagons, kind of thing, that are traveling every day and away from their families and doing all the the grunt work are in the lower matches and the main event goes to Brock Lesnar who's on the road three days a year and Undertaker's on the road three days a year and uh, they just sit at home and train and get ready for these big pay-per-views and make all the money. Rock isn't even a wrestler and he's, he's going to get a payday. He'll make a payday. Rock will. That's more than someone like uh, Dolph Ziegler will get for the whole year, you know, and it's like, you know, Vince McMahon's wrestling, uh, he's got his kid in, in the match with Undertaker. He's got, uh, Triple H is the 1000th time world champion. And it's <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of a, uh, there's a lot of nepotism right now in wrestling. And I, I, I don't, I, I think you got to take care of the, the horses that are paying, you know, pulling the wagon. And I think that's what Punk's whole argument was. And, uh, I don't think he'll ever, um, come back. I think he's, you know, hopefully going to have a good career in UFC, and uh, if that happens, he'll move on in a whole different direction. But I do think he's going to find out that uh, UFC is a lot different than pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot different. Um, Brett, when... going back uh, with Hogan, did you want me to answer that? Yeah, one? yeah, if you, if you would. Um, with Hogan, like you said, it's a different set of circumstances. Uh, you know, he's bought, he got to come into a. The sounds looks like he's coming to quite a cash. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, a nice uh, little bonus there for being a racist. But, um, One could say that. You yes. Know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I also understand that, and I tend to agree that that was an invasion of privacy. And, uh, Absolutely. You know what they, the, you know what they, the Gawker guys did to, was was wrong, and they're paying a price for it. And how much of a price is that? Uh, that's uh, maybe a question that I don't know. 145 million seems. A lot of money. Uh, pretty, pretty freaking generous. That's, that's, that's <laughs> pretty but, steep. Um, in saying that, um, you know, I think that the, the real truth of it is, is that, uh, you know, those statements that Hogan made. I mean, for me personally, I was offended by it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, um, I'm a Canadian guy. But for years and years and years uh, in in the states, uh, I I've been witness, you know, maybe because I I 
uh, maybe because I was Canadian, but I was a witness to a lot of American wrestlers, mostly Southern white American wrestlers that were either from Florida or Georgia or Louisiana or even Texas that were very racist and used the N-word pretty freely and behind the back of a lot of the, the black wrestlers. And uh, I was always offended by it. I always always got, made me uncomfortable. I didn't grow up in that kind of environment where it was okay to to use those kind of words or to think on those kind of levels. And, you know, I think with guys like Hogan, it's the case of him being caught. And uh, there's a lot of wrestlers that do this, that have done and still do the same thing. They talk, um, they talk that kind of uh, uh, bullshit. And, you know, they don't look in the mirror and go, you know, I am a racist when, in fact, you are a racist. And, uh, <laughs> admitted to being a racist on the video. And, uh, you know, I think for all the money in the world, he... He lost his, um, he's a guy who was a hero to children and, you know, that have grown up now, but to, to people all over the world, he was a hero. And, uh, and I'm sure he had a, a lot of, um, uh, black wrestling fans that, you know, idolized and worshiped him. And, uh, you know, I find what he did, um, when he goes, when I see him on TV going, that wasn't me, that's not the real me and all that, it's like, I say bullshit. That was the real you. That's, that's the real you I've seen, not just in you, but, countless other wrestlers that like I say from certain parts of the country that always talked in that kind of uh, vernacular and it's it's not right and uh, I'm glad that he stepped into that mess because uh, I think he tarnished his uh, his reputation and his, his uh, image for, forever and um, he'll never be a hero to me and he'll never be a hero to you know I have lots of reasons why I don't like Hogan <laughs> he's uh, he's a always been a liar i mean i i can't think of uh, hardly anything the guy ever said in his whole life that was true or honest and uh he's a, a a liar he's a piece of shit and he's um you know he's a rich piece of shit now so that's all I really that's mean. true you can't you, know. you cannot you cannot argue that he's definitely <laughs> he's definitely got paid um but when we were talking about like uh, I joke on the show and I call myself the main event, but yeah. you're a real main eventer. So my last question to you would be: of all the matches you wrestled at WrestleMania, of uh, the Iron Man match, we talked about this. Your favorite match? You love the Iron Man match because it's a classic. WrestleMania 13 with Stone Cold, another classic. Um, your match with Owen in WrestleMania 10, and your match with Yoko in WrestleMania 10. Oh, it's my favorite. You match mean ever. every match he ever wrestled? <laughs> I, mean, AJ. Yeah. I mean, he has so many. He has so many great ones. What is your favorite WrestleMania you match go. you ever had? Well, you know, I really liked. Um, <clears throat> I loved the Nasty Boy match that the Hart Foundation had back at WrestleMania 7. Okay. I mean, if you want to watch a really good tag match. Um, that's one to watch. Uh, the next year, I took I fought Piper. Um, that was an awesome match. Yes. I, mean, I, I think Roddy, I, you know, before he died, would always tell me that was his favorite match. It was the only match he would watch back all the time. Um, he would, you know, call me up, and Steve Austin does the same thing. But they call me up and go, "I got our match on." <laughs> he goes, "It was a piece of work. What a what a perfect match. What a beautiful, you know, it was my favorite." You know, I always loved that about Roddy, but. Uh, I think I got better as I went. Um, I got to say that probably, like, my brother Owen was a great memory, too, and Yoko. I think if you look at all of Yokozuna's matches, I won a WrestleMania 9. was the best one he ever had, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had lots of great matches on WrestleManias. 
I can tell you the worst one was, in fact, uh, and no discredit to, to, to my opponent, but Bob Backlund and that no-holds-barred or whatever I quit match I had was just such a farce. Roddy Piper was the referee or whatever mm-hmm. holding the microphone. That uh, WrestleMania 11 was the worst match I ever had. And I told Vince, I said, it's going to be terrible. Not only do we not have pinfalls, which we desperately need pinfalls to make the match exciting, what you've done is handcuffed me and put me in a match where we don't have pinfalls. It's just submissions, which are quite boring. I said, and we only got so many that we can use. I told him, I said, this match is going to stink. Me and Bob have done everything. We've already wrestled each other. We've done everything we can. And that's like six months later, like, okay, Bret Hart, Bob Backlund again. Like, And I remember it was, I thought it was a disaster. I remember it was really... I really such a dis. I hung my head when that was over. I wanted to put my head in the ground. And uh, like I say, it's no discredit to Bob. I think he. We both tried hard. It was just a really lousy idea to put us together at WrestleMania and to put us together in a match where we were so handcuffed uh, to tell any kind of story, especially if you take out pinfalls. And um, you know, it's funny. Of all my WrestleMania payoffs, I won't say the amounts, but. I got paid more for that match with Bob Backlund at WrestleMania 11 in Hartford, where I wasn't even one of the main events. That's funny. Than any other WrestleMania that was ever. In. <laughs> and I scratched my head because I got a hell of a payoff. And I remember, well, why would they pay me so much for wrestling Bob Backlund? <laughs> I don't know what it But uh, anyway, um, my real favorite match for like the number one favorite would have to probably, like I said, like you said, probably be the Iron Man match, but there's differences, you know, the Iron Man match, which was a great contest. You know, it was a, a case of two wrestlers that we were just starting to kind of rub each other the wrong way. And there's a little, you can see there's some tension in that match every once in a while. There's little moments where, yeah, he tried to kick Sean. your head off your shoulders on that last switch at music. He yeah. tried to well, kick your a, head off of your shoulder. He really, yeah, he, little things like that happened all the way through the match. And there was a little tensions between them. I remember him, like, having me in a, some kind of a, um, almost like a UFC arm bar where he was trying to break my arm, but he just had my arm. And I remember him scraping his motorcycle boots. Those are like motorcycle boots with buckles on them and stuff. And he just dragged them right over my face a couple of times in the beginning of the match. I remember getting pretty pissed off about that, cut my lips up and stuff. And I remember it was like, okay, so here's one right back. So I think I stomped him on the head as far as I could. And it kind of went from there to another, like tit for tat all the way through the match. But anyway, it was a case of um, it really was designed to for Sean to run circles around me in that match. They put me in uh, matches leading into WrestleMania. They put me with Undertaker. They put me with Kevin Nash. They put me with Yokozuna. I was wrestling all the big guys, and uh, you can't get cardio when you wrestle those guys. You can just get you just get beat up. I'm getting <laughs> choke slammed. I'm getting body slammed by Yoko as hard as I can through the mat. I got Kevin Nash power bombing me, but I'm not doing any cardio. No running. No. I can't get ready for an Ironman match. It's real. I was very limited in how I could, and I'm on the road every day wrestling these matches. So it's really hard to, I mean, I could have a match, but I mean, have an hour match going full blast with a guy that's sitting at home running football stadium steps and doing upside down sit-ups and he's got a trainer and he's just, he's just gearing up and Vince has designed all this to have, he wants Sean to outclass me and, finally take the torch from my hand and be the 
the the new king kind of thing. And uh, they sent me to India like three weeks before WrestleMania. I was in India and I was always in Kuwait. I remember being sick and throwing up in my sink and uh, shitting on the toilet at the same time, being so sick and going, "How the hell am I going to wrestle Shawn Michaels for an hour and three three weeks from now? It's, I can't do it." And I came home from all of that and I trained and I pushed myself. I would train, do my own cardio in the, in the mornings and then wrestle that night. Sometimes I had um, two shows a day and I wrestled and worked out uh, in between. And somehow I can just tell you, I got myself ready for that match. And, uh, and so when I showed up that day, I was, I was, um, I was ready to go. I was ready to go an hour with Sean. I don't even know if I knew I was ready to go an hour, but realized halfway through it that I was I felt pretty damn good and you know they weren't able to outclass me and Sean wanted me to be scooping me off the mat and sort of making me look you know and Jim Ross be talking about Brad Hart she's so tired he can't get up and, you know and, you know he wanted to kind of you know have people go yeah finally there's somebody that outclassed him and uh it didn't happen um and the match was what it was and the storyline what it was but I always say it was a great match but it was a contest of two wrestlers trying to outshine like out, outshine each other for 60 minutes. And that makes a great match. And to this day, I, I told you this when we met in Baltimore, I legitimately screamed at my television <laughs> when Gorilla Monsoon told said that there had to be overtime. And to this day, that is the biggest bullshit call <laughs> in the history of wrestling. I don't care what anyone says. Nobody said anything about it overtime before the match started. If Sean doesn't beat Brett, Brett doesn't have to beat Sean. If Sean doesn't beat Brett because Brett's the champ, at uh, 60 minutes, it's Brett's belt still. I don't give a shit what anyone says. And here you thought I, AJ was I a agree. wrestling nerd. <laughs> same with, same with uh, you know, when I won the Rumble with Austin, uh, like uh, that same year. Mm-hmm. Or no, I guess a year later in, uh, in 97, just before the, the WrestleMania. But, I mean, technically, I know it's all storyline. And, and, in fact, brilliant storyline, but they... I dumped everyone out, and then Austin, who I'd already been dumped out, comes in and dumps me out, and he gets to win. Yeah, I never understood that, how they could justify that. And when I used to rag about being being screwed over, I mean, I was you my were, fans. You had a legit like, gripe. You, I, I got screwed over even now when I see, like, they go uh, WrestleMania. The winner was, uh, I don't know, if they, I guess they say it was Steve Austin was the winner of the 1997 Royal Rumble. That's, that's a, that ain't right. <laughs> You know, but, uh, we'll work to get the record books yeah, changed. Yeah, we got to get that changed. Uh, and I just man. say, you know, I know we're getting on the time here. But yeah. When I talk about the great matches, that was a great contest, one with Sean. But really my favorite match, because it was a work, it was a case of um, two wrestlers going out there and, and working together and cooperating and, 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 and trying their best to tell a story and, and – it's all about the match and the two wrestlers, and we're working together to tell the story. WrestleMania 13 was always my favorite. It's, yeah. it's a, it is a masterpiece. Everything right down to Austin kicking me in the crotch, and uh, you know the swing, the where the bell was, and how uh, you know the bell came into play, and yeah. how I whacked him with the bell at the end. It's all that was in contrast to the Sean one. That was a case of um, that was a beautiful movie that we made, and. Uh, you know, no animals were harmed in the making of that movie. I can remember Steve and I, you know, we came back and hugged each other after the match. And we were, you know, he'll call me to, like I said earlier, he'll call me up and thank me for that match and tell him how much he loves watching it over and over and over. 
And for that reason, I would take that match over the Iron Man just because it wasn't a contest of two guys trying to outclass each other or trying to outperform each other for 60 minutes, which is which is great and has a great is a great match to watch for that reason. But this is the other one. This is what wrestling is all about: is two guys working together and telling a story together. And that's what I loved about the match with Austin. So that would probably be my all-time favorite. That's awesome. So the uh, the birth of my son, the time I got married. And the time that Bret Hart spent an hour chatting with us here on Jobbing Out the week of WrestleMania. They go right up there in the top three for me. Uh, Bret Hart, let me uh, let me get some plugs in for you, sir, because uh, we owe you more than that. We <laughs> owe you about as much as we possibly can. On Twitter, it's at Bret Hart. Um, you have a podcast, we know, because AJ was a part of it that you do with your sons. Uh, and that can be found through WrestleZone Radio, correct? Yeah, the Sharpshooter Show. Absolutely, and you've got a uh, a sale going on in the store right now for WrestleMania week, right? Yeah, we're trying to. There's a portion of the proceeds from all my T-shirt sales go to the Prostate Calgary Prostate Center, which uh, has no funding, and uh, I'm trying to give back to the people that uh, help save me. I'll That's be awesome. sure to cop a few of yeah, those. Yeah, we're all gonna make a visit over to <laughs> BretHart.com today, and we're gonna pick up some shirts. Actually, I see right here. Free Hitman T-shirt with the purchase of pink or silver Hitman shades. Ooh. Pretty sure we're going to be taking advantage of that one. <laughs> Pretty sure we're doing that. Uh, Brett, seriously, uh, an unbelievable thrill and honor. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. And uh, and seriously, we cannot wish you anything better when it comes to the, the great news that you've gotten on your health. We're just so happy for you there, man. All right. Well, I appreciate it. It was great to talk with you guys. And, AJ, I hope I see you soon. I hope you got all that stuff I sent you. Oh, yeah, I did, and I've already started reading the book. And I, But the thing, the funny thing is I'm such a Bret Hart nerd that the both of the DVDs you sent me I've already seen. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I will more than likely watch them again. Well, hopefully uh, when the season starts up, you can make sure uh, – Russell gets uh, Russell Wilson gets all the stuff. Oh no, I, he already has it because I left it in his locker. I sent him a text, told him it was there. He already has everything. That's awesome. So yeah, right. and he, he was uh, he was a class act, uh, Russell Wilson. I really uh, I mean, he was one guy that you know I was a big fan before I met him, and when I met him, it was like wow, he's 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 normal. He's a really nice yeah. guy. <laughs> and all you guys, all the, I, it was a big night for me. I just say again that I really appreciate. Uh, how nice all the Seahawk uh, football players were to me and the coach and everybody were took special time with me and my sons that day and uh, I'll never forget that that was that was great stuff and uh, I hope I'm happy to repay you by being on the show and hope uh, you get a chance to do it again. Oh, you are yeah. definitely going to be <laughs> invited back for sure. Also. Like I said before, I told your sons, I told you this on your show, whenever you guys want to come to Seattle, there's an open invitation. If I'm there, you are more than welcome to come to the facility. You are more than welcome to come to a game. It'll be a great time. Yeah, for sure. All right. Brett, thank you again. Take care, you guys. Thank you, Brett. All the best.